God's word. Come on, say it like it really is. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. Your word causes all the promises of God in Christ Jesus to flow into our lives as we obey it. We declare that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow the word after it has been preached. We receive the word in our hearts this morning, and we declare that our lives will never, ever be the same. As I have decreased, I thank you for the power and the anointing in my life to increase, to feed every person in this, in this place spiritually. I thank you, Father, that strongholds must come down, shackles must be broken, and healing must come forth. And we declare it to be so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Our current series of lessons is entitled Desperate Households. Say that with me. Say Desperate Households. Some of you all are probably thinking, Pastor, when are you going to finish this series on Desperate Households? When your household stop being desperate? <laughs> our focus is on improving the quality of our relationships. And last week, our last two lessons were designed to help those who are experiencing problems in their relationship know what to do. Because a lot of times when we're going to, through difficulty, people don't know what to do. And so that's the purpose of those last two lessons. Many times, consistent bad decisions, funky attitudes, disrespectful actions, and devil-level moments can take its toll on God-ordained re- uh, relationships. Everybody say, devil-level moment, devil funky, funky attitudes, disrespectful actions, and bad decisions. Amen. These things eventually can cause frustration, which can lead to divorce, separation, isolation, the I love Lucy and Ricky Ricardo syndrome. Y'all know what that is, right? How many don't know what the I love Lucy? Okay. That's when you married, but you two are sleeping in the same room in different beds. Amen. Some of you all have the I love Lucy, Ricky Ricardo in the same bed. Touch your neighbor, say, neighbor, I don't even know what he's talking about. (laughs) Today's message is designed to help anyone, regardless of where you are and the condition of your relationship, to move forward in a positive direction. And so today's title is, Lord, where do I go from here? Everybody say, Lord, Lord, where do I go from here? Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel 30. Lord, where do I go from here? Because some of you all are ready to walk out of the house right now. Some of you all are in the house and you want to walk out, but you can't afford to walk out. Some of you all, the only thing keeping you together are your kids. Some of you all are getting better 
And that's why we're doing the series. And you need to continue to do better so your relationship can be. Listen, I decided a while back that if I was going to be married, I might as well make the best of it. I mean, there's no use of waking up every morning miserable. So I decided, okay, what is it going to take for that not to happen? That means I have to change. I can't worry about what she's going to do. You know, just like I got our electricity bill yesterday. Our electricity bill was $481, and I almost shouted right then and there. No, 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 I was happy. It's been 800 for the last, what, six months or so? Oh, yeah, I was happy for that $481. Praise the Lord. They got some spending money now to spend. Amen. Are you there in 1 Samuel? Here's the point I want you to write down. When your soul is in control, your spirit man can never stand. I'm going to say that again. When your soul is in control, your spirit man can never stand. Now, look in 1 Samuel chapter 30, look in verse 1. Are you there? Say, I'm there. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 30, look in verse 1. And this is, this is the story of David. It says in verse 1, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziglag had, sm- and had smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. And they had taken the women captive that were there. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their ways. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their children, their sons, their daughters were captives. Watch verse 4. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices. And what did they do, class? They, they wept. Watch this now. And they wept until they had no more power to weep. In other words, they began to cry. Have you ever cried and you had no more tears left? I mean, you're just doing the little highest thing. Because <laughs> you don't have no more. You know, remember those whoopings when you got a little, you know, a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind. That's how much they were crying. Look now in verse 5. And David's two wives, he had two wives that were taken captive. One of them was a Jerusalemite, and the other one was Abigail, the wife of Nabal. Now, remember last week I told you there was a man named Nabal. His name was a fool. His name meant fool. This is him. He died, and David ended up marrying his wife. Look now in verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. Watch this now. Because the soul, everybody say the soul. Say it again. Say it one more time. He says, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, I'm going to stop reading there because I'm going to pick back up on the story. But I wanted you to see here in verse 6 that... David became, he, he, he became very distressed. That word can just mean stressed out. How many have been stressed out before? He got stressed out. And the reason he did is because they came and invaded where he was living, burned all of his stuff and took all of his family and his kids and his possessions. And so now, not only was he distressed, but those who were around him got upset to the point that they wanted to stone him. Now, the Bible says in verse 6, It says, because the soul of each one of them was grieved. And you say, well, pastor, what does this have to do with relationship? Because if you have a soul in a relationship that is grieved, that relationship is not going to be maximized. And so one of the things, where do you go from here? You got to first look at your soul and the condition of it and make sure that it's in good condition. 
In fact, the Bible says in 1 John 1, uh, 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 I think it's 1, 9. Uh, no, not 1 John 1, 9. It's in 1 John. This is what it says. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper. So it is very important that your soul prospers because if your soul doesn't prosper, your health will not prosper and you won't prosper. And so the first thing you have to do to go from here, you got to look at the condition of your soul. Now, that word grieve in that, in, that, in that verse, it means bitter, unpleasant. It also means to be disobedient. Huh. When, that means when my soul is in a grieving mode, that, my, that means my soul is in the condition of being disobedient. If I say disobedient. And here's what happens. Notice the first point was when your soul is in control, your spirit man can't stand. What do I mean by that? You were never not, us, we were never designed to be led by our souls. We were actually designed to be led by the spirit man on the inside of us. And so what happens is if you're not spiritually feeding yourself, the spirit part of you is now dull to the voice of God. Now, if your spirit man is low, your flesh man or your soul man is high. And your soul person is just the old you. You know the old you that used to cuss? Y'all know that person, right? You, you, you heard him last night, didn't you? I'm talking about that person. Well, that person, when the soul is in control, it is impossible for your spirit man to be in, you know, where it needs to be. And so what happens is, in this state, these people's souls got messed up. Now... Go to, go to Psalm 19 very quickly. Go to Psalm 19. Keep your hand there because we're going to come back. That's how, this is going to be the, 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 the foundation of our story. Go to Psalm now and look in uh, chapter 19. Now remember, the book of Psalm was also written partially by King David. And so he wrote this Psalm and he wrote it because he had some experience about certain situations. And one thing that I believe he knew is in order to change and rearrange his soul, he needed to have a starting point. Everybody say starting point. Go to now Psalm 19, look at verse 7. If you're there, say I'm there. All right, watch this now. It says the law or the word of the Lord is what? What is it? It's perfect and the word of the Lord converts the what? It converts the soul. So watch this now. David said... The word of God has the ability to convert my soul. Now, the word converting there, it means to take back or to return to the original state. So some of you all in these relationships have been damaged in the relationship. Somebody did something they shouldn't have done. Somebody said something they shouldn't have said. And so what's happened is your, your soul has gotten damaged. Now, what you got to do now, you got to start where you are. You got to take God's word. You got to start putting it inside of your soul because the word of God has the ability to convert your soul. Say convert your soul. That means it's able to restore. In fact, go, go to Psalm. Go to Psalm 23. Everybody knows this Psalm. Go to Psalm 23. We just said, you just read that it says the word of God is able to convert the soul. That means to refresh, to restore, to, to go back to the original starting point. Let me show you this word converting in another English word. Psalm 23. Are you there? Look in verse 3. Watch what this, this is David. He wrote this too. It says, well, let's just look in verse 2. It says, well, let's look in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not what? I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Watch this now. He does what? He restores my soul. The word restore there is the same word that we just looked at. It's the word uh, converting. 
So when we put God's word inside of our hearts, it literally creates a converting situation. And so this is how you take a messed up soul who's upset, angry, bad at men. Some of y'all like that. You do need a man. Now, if you don't need a human man, you need the man Jesus Christ. Amen. So at least, let's look at it like this. David knew that the starting point of getting things better was the word. Say this with me. Say the starting point of getting things better in my relationship is the word of God. Now, David did three things to move from where he was to where he wanted to be. And I want you to write these three, three, three things down. Number one, he encouraged himself. Number two, he inquired of the Lord. And, th- and then number three, he enjoyed the fruits of his obedience. I'm going to say that again. David did three things to move from where he was in that bad situation to where he wanted to be. The first thing he did is he encouraged himself in the Lord. Number two, he inquired of the Lord. And then number three, he enjoyed the fruits of his obedience. What was number one, class? What was number two? And then what was number three? Now go back now. We're going to go to 1 Samuel, but we're going to go to chapter 17. Go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. David knew that his past victories was one of his major sources of encouragement. See, when you're in a relationship, sometimes the devil can make you forget how good it used to be. Now, some of y'all are saying, it ain't never been good. You lying. (laughs) You are lying because nobody put a gun up to your head to walk up to that altar to say, I do. That's why there are witnesses there, so that won't happen. I mean, it had to be something good had to be in it for you to do that. But see, what happens is when you go through difficult situations in relationships, sometimes it can cause spiritual amnesia. I don't know why I married him. Well, I know why. Because your life was bad before you married him. That's why. So well, my life bad now. Well, you brought it with you. You didn't get that, did you? Don't worry about it. The first thing David did is he encouraged himself. Now, uh, Go to 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to start in verse 48. Verse 48. Watch this now. This is very good. This is going to bless you. It says, And it came to pass when the Philistines arose. This is when David was getting ready to fight Goliath. And came and drew nigh to meet David. That David hasted and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in the bag and he took it. And he took out a stone and he slung it and he smote that Philistine in his forehead. And that, the, that, watch this now, that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. Watch this now. Here's the key. Look in verse 50. So David, everybody say the word. What's the next word? Say it again. Say it one more time. And David prevailed over the Philistine. What did he do? He prevailed. Say prevail. Now, what's interesting is, I believe David was in this situation with this, this fire. Everybody his, took, took his kids, took his wife. And I believe sometimes in difficult times, the best way to encourage yourself is to go back and look at your past victories. What did God do? See, you forgot that you all prayed and asked God for that baby and you got it. So why are you now trying to get a divorce if God blessed that? If he, if he, if he blessed that? You see that? If he, if he gave you the baby... 
That was God's way of blessing you. So why is it now that, that, that you say, well, I, I don't want to be with this person anymore. You know what's happened? Your soul got damaged. Well, in this case right here, it says that David prevailed over the Philistines. And I believe that's one of the things he did. So I want you to write this down. Your memories can haunt you or help you. Your memories can haunt you or help you. David knew that his past victories was a major sort of, 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 of encouragement. And that's why the Bible tells us, and you can write this down, you don't have to turn there, Philippians 3, 13, it talks about how we need to think. It says, whatever things are lovely and whatever things are good, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are good report, he says, think on those things. Oh, so you cannot sit around and meditate on negative situations and expect your relationship to get better. My goal is to help you identify negative thoughts when they're coming towards your relationship. You got to spot them because if you don't, you will meditate on them and you will act them out. You know, it's amazing to me how people end up fighting over fly swatters. You say fly swatter. Fly swatter, you know what a fly swatter is, right? Yeah, that's those things you kill flies with, right? You fighting over a fly swatter. That don't make sense, does it? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. In other words, people fight over little bitty things that make no hill of beans. In fact, listen, when you die and go to heaven, God's not going to ask you what color that was that fly swatter that you used when you killed that fly. Go to Philippians. Go over to Philippians chapter 3. I'm gonna, there are two verses I want to read over there. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. How we think will determine how long we stay encouraged or get discouraged. Thank you. I'm going to say that again. How we think will determine how long we stay encouraged or how long we get discouraged. Because your feelings are determined by what you think. Someone came up to me last week and said, Pastor, I'm depressed. I've been depressed all week. And I said to him, what have you been thinking all week? Because what you feel like is determined by what you think. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Are you there? He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing that I do, watch this now, forgetting those things which are what? Which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. He says now, I forget those things which are behind. So where do I go from here in your relationship? You got to forget what happened yesterday. You know, we specialize in going backwards in relationships. You know, if we remembered as much good stuff that we've had in a relationship, as much as we remember bad, our relationship would be much better than what it is. You know, and then sometimes we start arguing over stuff that happened in 1957. I mean, why is it that you can remember the negative things? So here's one of the things. To move forward in your relationship, you now have to stop thinking about the negative things that happen in your relationship. Somebody say amen to that. Now go to Philippians chapter 4, look in verse 8. Philippians 4, verse 8. He says, finally, brethren, what things are true, what things are honest, what things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what did he tell us to do? Think on those things. Because how we think influences how we feel and how we feel affects how we act. And if you don't change the condition of your soul, you will allow devil-level moments to spring up in your relationship. And one devil-level moment can destroy 10 years worth of a good marriage. 
And see, I'm not talking about playing devil-level moments. See, I had a member call me. Call me two weeks ago now. They sitting right over there among y'all. They sitting out there. They called me on my cell phone. Talking about, Pastor, I'm getting ready to have a devil-level moment. I'm walking in here right now. I'm going to go off on this lady. You don't plan a devil-level moment. (laughs) Devil-level moments sneak up on you. You don't plan them. That's premeditated. She called me. Yes, she did. Call me. And then after she got done, call me back. Pastor, I let her have it. I just want you to know. I wanted, I slapped the gold out of her mouth. Come on, baby. Come on. See, devil devil moments don't work like that. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor. I still don't know what he's talking about. Y'all know the story when I was went to the fair. How many heard the story when I went to the fair? Anybody? Uh, just one person, two person. Okay. Uh, can I tell this one real quick? Uh, and this is just about, uh, devil level moments can destroy your relationship. That's why you got to minimize them. Before you start cussing and fussing and biting and scratching and throwing stuff. Because some of y'all throw stuff. I was at the fair, right? This was like, I don't know, about four years ago, five years ago. So I'm really doing better. But, you know, we, you know uh, funnel cakes at the, at the fair are one of the, I mean, those are the hot commodities. You know, and, and, and I, I promise you, the line was right there. See that brick wall? That's where the line was, way up there. And here was Heaven and I right here in this line. We, you know, we got a long way to go. What I noticed, the closer I got to the line, this dude from the hood and his girlfriend named Nikki was just coming, you know, doing this. And I could tell they were going to try to skip me when I got up to the front. Well, I don't know if I have, please skip me because I'm scared of you on my forehead or not. So when before, you know, I'm one person before, and they standing right here. So I just look at him, and I said, excuse me, I know you're not going to try to skip me. And he says, what you going to do? Oh, man, oh, man, oh, no. I am from the hood. You don't ask me that. That was the wrong question. I said... Get in front of me and you're going to see what I'm going to do. Because I was going to hit him and his girlfriend. (laughs) Bam! Bam! (laughs) That is a true story too, by the way. And just so I can end the story properly, he skipped the person behind me. Because I was going to knock him out. Praise the Lord. I need help. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, no devil-level moments. Now, go back to 1 Samuel. Go back to 1 Samuel. Go back to 1 Samuel. For your information, I really didn't grow up in the hood. I grew up in, the, in, a, in a suburban town. I really did. For suburban. Back in the day, it was suburban. It might be hood right now, but it was suburban then. 1 Samuel 30. Let me show you the second thing David did. Where do you go from here? Because some of you all don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of what she's doing. He's going to do it. He acting like he changed. He ain't really changed. He's just going to do it for three weeks and he's going to be back. And, and this, and that, and that. You know, that's the devil. That's the devil talking. Because love thinks no evil. That's what the Bible says. So when you start hearing thoughts like that, you just need to scream out, Devil! I mean, do that. You need to do that. You at work and, and you, you send an email and, 
and you get this crazy text from your husband or wife, and he say something crazy or she say something crazy, you just need to catch yourself, devil! Just do it, just like that. Because, see, you're going to get tired of doing that because they're going to think you're crazy. And that'll get you to stop thinking those crazy thoughts. Okay, watch this now. First Samuel chapter 30. Look in verse 8. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Look in verse 8. Watch this. Now, this is after everything burnt down. They took his family. They took his children. It says in verse 8, And David inquired of the Lord. He said, Lord, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? Overtake them. Now, listen. Watch this now. David didn't just assume to go get this stuff, even though it belonged to him. He said, Lord, should I go get them? And then watch what the Lord said. The Lord said, and he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, you're going to recover how much? Oh, look in verse 19 or verse 18. And David recovered how much? He recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. In other words, where do you go from here? You inquire of the Lord before you make a crazy decision. You, if you don't have a biblical reason to get a divorce, don't get one. Because if you do, you don't know the consequences of it. Do you know it's actually easier to go ahead and change than it is to just... Because, uh, see, once you become one in the flesh, it's like super gluing your hand together. It's almost impossible to tear your hand apart without it doing some damage. Well, the devil will make you think it'll just be so easy if I could just drop... But let me say this to you. If there's a test you need to pass, if there's a change you need to make... In yourself personally that needs to take place while you're in this relationship and you get out of the relationship because you're refusing to make the change. If you decide to get into another relationship, that same test is going to come back up again and you're going to have to pass it with somebody else. You might as well pass it with the first person you was with. No, God, God, God don't just skip people. You got to pass the grave before you go up spiritually. Amen. And so, so David, the word inquired there means to ask counsel of. It means to consult and to request. In other words, David took some time to ask the Lord, Lord, what do I do? And one of the answers you're going to get when God, when you ask God something, is going to come from the word. But you got to read the word to hear it. Now, go to Matthew real quick. I'm, I, I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm out of time. I didn't get where I wanted to get. Go to Matthew chapter 5. I think it was that devil of a story I shouldn't have told. But that's okay. Go to Matthew chapter 5. See, when you ask God, when you inquire of God, when you ask him for direction, he's obligated to give it to you. You know, the Bible says that when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Look in verse 6. Are you there? Watch what it says. This is Jesus talking. He says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And what's going to happen? When you really want to know what God wants you to do, he's got to tell you. He's obligated to fill you with the right answers. But see, most of us are not really ready to obey him. But let me say, say this to you. Your obedience to God is going to make you happy whether you know it or not. Say, well, Pastor, I don't know how being happy staying in this relationship is going to help me out. You don't know. See, you don't know the end from the beginning. But he does. Go to one more. Go to, go, to, uh, uh, go to Psalm 119 very quickly. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. 
Psalm 119, write down verse 105. Psalm 119, 105. Where do I go from here? I got to first get some encouragement. And you can't look for somebody else to do that for you. Sometimes you got to reach back into the memories of your successes and go pull back up the joy that you had. If you have to go, and, I'm talking to somebody right now, if you have to go and play some old music that made you feel good. You know, music can set your spiritual, it can, it can set your soul on fire. That's why you got to watch what you listen to. You can't be listening to no Prince. And, and single, no, that don't work right. The Prince and being single don't match. I know Prince is not in now, right? I'm, I'm still stuck in the day, but that's okay. Y'all know, y'all know, who know Prince? I mean, know what I'm talking about. That's right there. Be acting like you don't know what I'm talking about. You see, you can't listen to Do Me Baby. Do Me, Do Me. No, no, no. No, we're not going to do it like that. No, we're not going to do that. But whatever's going to help you feel good when you play it, that's morally good. Somebody say, like what? You know, like some Jesus stuff. <laughs> Psalm 119, look in verse 105. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Watch what it says. It says, God's word is a what? It's a lamp unto my feet and it's a what? It's a light unto my path. When you inquire of God, you have to read his word because his word will provide light for your situation. There are many of you who are fighting right now and you are allowing a temporary situation to cause you to make a permanent decision. And you never allow a temporary, say temporary, never allow a temporary situation to push you into making a permanent decision. In other words, here it is. You're just in a bad season right now. Get through it. Get over it. But don't make no permanent decisions in it because you're going to make a bad decision. How many know what I'm talking about? So where do you go from here? You encourage yourself in the Lord. Go back and look at some things God did for you. Go back and look at some. Go back through your, your wedding album. I'm trying to help some of y'all. Get your wedding video out. Come on now. Get the wedding video out. Get, the, get the, your book out. Some of y'all need to do that. Y'all ain't done it in a long time. Some of y'all need to do this anyway. Because some of y'all's relationship's stale. It ain't moving. It's old. Get the book out. I know the picture's going to be black and white, but get it out anyway. <laughs> That wasn't right. Was that's all right? It's all right. Get the book out. Go through the pictures. Look at the baby pictures when your kids were born. Look at the good times that you were going through. And look at them together. Don't look at them. Look at them together. Let's look at the video and just watch because there were some good things that was going on then. Then after you encourage yourself, ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do? What do I do next? And let me say this to you: If you don't hear the Lord say nothing, don't do nothing. I say, I ain't heard the word Lord say nothing to me. Then don't do nothing. Amen. And then after, after David encouraged himself in the Lord, after he inquired of the Lord, the Bible says he got all of his spoil back. In other words, he enjoyed what he had. And he didn't have a pity party over what he didn't have. So what, y'all lost the house? So what? So what, you're on your second marriage? So what, enjoy the one that you're in? What happens is people stop enjoying the moment. 
I told my wife, when we had, and, and, and we'll close, I'm closing with this. Uh, when when uh, Landon was born, my wife, man, she was just, see, she, she already started. Y'all hear? She know I'm coming after right here. I mean, sister girl just had some hormonal issues. I mean, everything. I mean, they, he, he, he flunked his first hearing test, and old girl thought he had cancer. I was like, baby, they said his flu- he had fluid in his ears still, you know. They're going to come back and take it tomorrow. Uh, they, this percent of babies have that. She didn't hear nothing I said. <laughs> Finally, of course, he comes back. He passes the test. Then they do his little checkup, and he had like a little space in between his hip, one of his hips. He, they call it a click. How many know what I'm talking about? Well, it, you know, and, 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 and they told him, man, I'm telling you, I thought I was going to have to put the girl in a psychiatric ward. And she went, and we went to the doctor, and the doctor said, oh, this is fine, nothing's wrong, he grew out of this, blah, 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 blah. Then finally I said, babe, let's enjoy him now. Let's enjoy him while he's still a baby. The, the, the experience shouldn't be bad, and your relationship experience shouldn't be bad. So enjoy the little moments. If he opened the door for you, Enjoy that. If he didn't open the door for you, stand out there and ask him to do it. (laughs) Ah, he used to open the door for me. He don't open the door no more. Just stand outside. (laughs) Knock on the window. (laughs) And be nice doing it. Don't be all ugly doing it. Let me be all nice. Honey, come open the door for me, please. You know what he going to do? He going to get out the car. He might be huffing and puffing. Don't worry about it. If he does it huffing and puffing, you still got what you wanted. When he sit down, just go, thank you, honey. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Enjoy the moment. If she fixes your plate, stop taking it for granted. Thank her for it. Honey, thank you for fixing my plate. Yes, for 15 years, baby. Do me, baby. <laughs> like you never done before. Oh, oh. Okay, okay, all right. We're going to edit that. We're going to edit that, all right? We're going to edit that. We're going to edit You got to enjoy the moment. Stop looking for negative stuff in the relationship. Be nice to each other. You know what? It'll freak the other person out. Listen, Saturday morning, I got up and fixed breakfast for everybody. I know they was like, something is wrong with daddy. Even Landon was looking like something is wrong with him. I got up. I asked her what she wanted. I asked heaven what she wanted, and I fixed everybody breakfast. And even washed the daggum dishes. Ooh, do me, baby. No, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm out of time. I hope y'all got the gist of what I was trying to say this morning. Well, did you get it? Give us a hand, Lord, a hand clap if you got it, all right? You know what? I think next week we're going to redo our vows.
I think there needs to be some renewing of some vows in this place. So I want you to come prepared if you're married. I want you to come prepared to redo your vows. You say, Pastor, you don't know what situation I... I don't care what situation you're in. If you're still married by next week, come up here. <laughs> I ain't going to ask you to come. We're going we to do it in a different way. It ain't going to take a lot of time. Singles, you need to renew your vows to the Lord. Because some of y'all, 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 y'all not doing the Lord right. Amen. Oh, it's Thanksgiving weekend, ain't it? Okay, so... What about it? We need to be thankful for the weekend. No, I'm just saying, I don't know how many will be here. Who? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, 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 because y'all might be out of town. Oh, y'all want me to do it the following week? First Sunday, good idea. When we do communion in the whole nine, that's what we're going to do. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here this morning and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's not hard to do at all. The Bible says if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus.